0: Hi, my name is Nicola Haberda, and you are listening to the F1 podcast.
1: What's up, everyone? This is Richie from the F1 podcast. Hope you're doing well today. To start off, I just want to say thank you, everyone, for the support of season three. Last season was our best year yet. We hit record numbers in terms of followers and engagement since we started this podcast in the summer of 2021. We also found a place to call home to watch Formula One races at Trinity Common, located in Kensington Market in Toronto. We hope to see you there with us as we kick off the 2024 F1 season on March 2nd to watch the Bahrain Grand Prix. To kick off season four of the F1 podcast, we interview Canada's motorsport racing driver, Nicole Havarda. As a rising star in auto sport racing, Nicole races in the highly competitive Formula Pro USA series, Formula Regional Americas, and Formula 3. At the age of 17, Nicole was the first female driver to ever win the Formula Pro USA Western FR Championship. She has driven in open wheel and GT cars, and her goal is to make it to the top level of professional racing. She calls British Columbia home, but she also spends upwards of 200 days in a motor home traveling to races. And now, without further ado, let's get to the interview with Nicole Haberdeth. Nicole, welcome to the F1 Podcast, and thanks so much for coming on.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me.
2: So we're super excited to have the chance to talk to you today, kicking off season four, all of that good stuff. Obviously, one of the big up-and-coming drivers, not only out of Canada, but I would say probably North America as a whole from, from what we were diving into. But we're curious to know, you know, karting's a thing a lot of people hear of, maybe something that they've kind of done on the side, but... To get you where you are, what interests you in in getting into racing, or was there anyone in particular who kind of brought you along?
0: Well, so originally I wanted to be an Olympic swimmer, which was far from motorsports. All of a sudden, uh, my dad brought me to a Formula One race, and it changed everything. Like, the whole game for me, I fell in love with it. And what really changed uh, for me was just watching uh, Lewis Hamilton. He really brought me into the sport. Just watching him and wanting to be where he was right then in the car, basically, and I just wanted to get there. And so I just uh, made my way through karting, and then now I'm in Formula Cars. So it's just uh, having these inspirations and you know following following the dream. That's really awesome. Which race did you get to go to when you uh, saw him race for the first time? I went to the 2018 Austrian Grand Prix, which was amazing. Oh
1: wow, on Red Bull territory too.
0: Yes. It was. It wasn't my favorite race to watch because uh, both Mercedes had um, they DNF. I was kind of upset, but it was. It was a good race to watch. Honestly, in my opinion, is I want to say the best track to go to because it's like a valley, so you can actually like sit on the sides on the grass, so you can see like the whole track. Like we saw the whole track, which is amazing, and we were just general admission, so it was it was really cool actually
1: did you find there was it predominantly Red Bull fans or did you find was it a mix or do you do you remember much from your first (laughs) race
0: okay it was I gotta say I want to say maybe like 70 percent was Red Bull fans because after the race so Max Verstappen won it was orange like you couldn't see anything it was like crazy we were just sitting there and they're like these orange fans and so they're like very energetic and stuff. So they're just like yelling and there's so much happening. I was like, holy cow. But it was it was a lot of energy and it was really nice to see actually, because, you know, you don't see that. I never saw that in swimming as a sport. Um, So it's cool to see like the fans in motorsports.
1: You talk about the fan support. And I think that's that's during when like Drive to Survive, I think was the first season coming out. And how have you seen the sport grow? And especially since like, I guess, 2020, when a lot of people started watching Drive to Survive or... How have you kind of like been seeing that uh, growth in yourself? I know you have a a huge social media following following, but I'm just, just curious what to see what it's like at the racetracks.
0: It honestly, like, Even off the racetracks, it is crazy to see like the change from like just starting when I started go-karting in 2019, like competitively, it has changed like incredibly. I would go to school and I would tell the kids like, hey, I want to be, I'm going to be a race car driver. I do go-karting right now. and I'm going to be a race car driver. And they were like, they didn't support me. They were kind of like, what is that? Girls shouldn't do that. And all this kind of stuff. And now I actually went back to school the other day everyone came to me and asked me like, Hey, how's racing? Like, how was Lewis Hamilton meeting him and like all these kind of things. And they were just excited about it. And it's just changed that kind of the people and, you know, with drive to survive, drive to survive being like such a huge thing. And it just blew up. Like everyone knows about it. Right. So it's gone crazy that um, to the point that even some of my old friends know about it. And it's just, um, it's grown like crazy. And even with social media, especially social media being a huge thing. I remember when I started, I had, it took me a few a few months to get a hundred followers. And now I'm at like almost 40,000 followers, which is crazy and I can't even believe it. I can never imagine being at this many followers. And, you know, even at the tracks, seeing the fans and like seeing how much it's grown. From I remember parting, you wouldn't see many people at the track. Nowadays, you see so many like fans and families and like just a lot more people.
2: I feel like I even just think about growing up like it was rare that you heard of someone karting and I didn't really get it either like I think I had a friend whose brother I don't even know if he raced like competitively or if he just went to the track a fair bit and I remember being like who does this so it's definitely I mean I have friends now who are signing up for like adult leagues for racing and (laughs) stuff because they're so excited so it's cool to see that you're even feeling like the impact and the recognition when it's not just like the major events right like even for the up and comers coming into the sport to get more support so that's really exciting but you mentioned lewis hamilton there which was really cool we saw that you actually got a chance to to kind of meet him like the person who inspired you to get into racing a little bit more and stuff so how how was it were
0: you a little starstruck to have that opportunity
1: how did that like come up in the first <laughs> too? <laughs>
0: so it um originally started because as was part um, of a documentary so when I was in carding and um, they just called me up randomly they actually called my dad and he was he was at work and he they just called him and he had a re- this is a really bad story but it's funny and so they called him up and this guy's like um hey we're with Mercedes and uh we want to do a documentary with your daughter and my dad's like yeah sure and he hangs up and so he had a really bad customer that day at work So he actually made a coffee and he put some like Baileys in it. So he was, and he put his legs on the table. He was super like mad that day. And so they called him again and he was like, okay, yeah, let's hear it. And so they were like, yeah, yeah. And then he was like, are you kidding me? And so that happened. And then um, the documentary kind of features like woman racing. And so there are three of us women in the documentary and it will be coming out soon. It should be coming out. Um, it might be aired um, in the Montreal Grand Prix with Mercedes-Benz. So it be kind of cool this year. So, and so it was kind of, it was highlighting, like for me, it was highlighting from go-karting to an AMG GT4 car and then Formula 4 and then Formula 3. And then, so I actually got with that documentary, it was worked with uh, Mercedes-Benz. So mercedes was like, okay, let's go to the F1 Grand Prix in Montreal and let's put you with Lewis Hamilton on TSN. So it was kind of like a whole connecting thing, which was really cool to see. The whole Lewis thing was like insane. I I was like, we were in the hospitality suites in um, the paddock and I was I was sitting with Kayla. I was already like in shock with Kayla. I was like, oh my God, it's actually Kayla Gray and then so she's like trying to call me down she's like just reading over questions and trying to be like just be normal around him and stuff and he uh, we went to sit down at the um, at the desk where we're going to do the interview into the like the amg f1 like hospitality suite i was already starstruck and we are sitting there and i was like oh goodness and so he walks in. I have on my leg I had the microphone attached. I almost tripped <laughs> saying hi to him as he his hand. And so I'm shaking his hand and I'm like, is it is it really you? Like he he just, I don't know, I could never picture him in person like that close. So I was like, oh my goodness. It was just such a nice talk, like just talking and chatting and like it was kind of it was more like a personal thing because we talked about like our dads and stuff and like how much like they help us in racing and just, we kind of went over the time limit. It was supposed to be 30 minutes and it turned into an hour and it was just, it was a nice talk. So he's just a very, he's turned very humble from like uh, when he was younger, he's turned very humble now.
2: Yeah. He strikes me as a very, genuine person like I mean I'm sure you've seen it too every time he finishes a race he's always taking the time to like thank the folks at the factory and everyone behind the scenes too before he even like dives into a post-race interview and that's cool that you actually got to have like see that in person when you were having your conversation with him too and not just the
0: stuff that we like see on camera and tv yeah no exactly and just seeing like just as you said like being genuine and that's kind of part of racing you gotta you got to respect the people around you and like also mention it because like sometimes I even won't like say it out loud and I should more like kind of show how much I respect and like how I'm happy for these people around me and like it's crazy to see like how much he's grown because when he was younger he didn't do it much but now he's doing it like every race and it's like a big thing for him and he's very nice like in person he's just like on tv and stuff he's just a very kind of humble like I remember like seeing seeing Max in the pits like he's more like I guess you grow into it you kind of mature because he's Lewis is in the sport for so long so he kind of matured into it so it's just cool to see that happen
1: and I think a lot of people would say the same thing to to Sebastian Vettel when he first got into the sport and when he won those four straight titles Uh, With Red Bull, he was in a different era. And then once towards the end, you know, he's got he got a lot more mature and realized that and I think that's really that was really awesome to hear that I didn't get to see that on TV. So I'm kind of excited to see that documentary. I think on the inspiration piece, it's like for you, you talk about like kind of the the next generation of drivers and, you know, Lewis was a big impact for you. As someone who is currently in motorsport racing, what would you want to tell the future generation of female drivers on how to get into the sport and what advice would you give them?
0: Every time I see like a young girl at the track, I always say just, you know what, just go for it. Um, If you like, if you don't go for it now, you're going to regret it in the future. And you know, like a lot of them are kind of, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to be in school, I wanted to focus on this kind of stuff, have fun with friends and stuff. And now I kind of realize you have to focus on one thing to be the best of that one thing you're doing. So like, for example, for you guys, like if you make a podcast, you have to focus on that one podcast that you're doing. You can't focus on a podcast, a website. YouTube all these kind of things you got to have your head straight and like with racing you got to have your head straight and just focus on one thing you want to do and achieve in your life and I think I'd say just at that point just go for it and just you can do it. <laughs> I would literally just say that. Believe in yourself always and you know with all the losses in racing that I've experienced and stuff that's like the best part that's you learn from that kind of stuff and then you get back up and you get better, right? instead of just dwelling on your losses.
1: Speaking about not just losses, but wins, uh, you won a championship at 17. What was that like?
0: It is, in the moment, it wasn't like, I was like, what just happened, like, <laughs> that, that didn't just happen. Like that's that's crazy. And it was really special to win that weekend because my brother actually came down and it's actually a far. So he actually flew down and he stayed with us. So we usually it was in California, so we drove down from, you know, Vancouver. So it's pretty close. And so we stayed at the track in the in the motorhome. So all four of us were just in a motorhome, and it was really nice. And, you know, he was there to experience like me becoming a champion. And um, it was just a lot of energy and also emotions and stuff. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, is your brother jealous of you? Like, (laughs) does he ever like express like, I don't know, get mad at me or my parents or something for spending so much time or money with me? And i always say like and i've asked him so many times and he always says i'm so proud to have you as my sister and he always like even to his friends so we kind of have some mutual friends that are into like cars and like building cars and like drifting and stuff so it's he's always like super proud to bring me and like talk about me and all this kind of stuff because it's it's different for us because we both love cars so much because he's into he's into a different side of Cars. he's more into like drifting and building cars and this kind of stuff like street cars and it's we just I don't know we connect I guess so it's kind of you know it was so nice to have him when I won a championship and all that kind of stuff a little bit more of the connection over the rivalry in that
2: scenario yeah. then which is nice
0: <laughs> and the I think the biggest difference is so he's 15 years older than me so that's a big thing. So we never really fought. When we were younger, we didn't really live in the same house when we were younger. So, um it's it's a little different for us. Um but it's it's just nice we do so many things together. Uh we go drift together. We just <laughs> I sort of like everything we do
1: cars. And I think I read that you spent like 200 days in a motor home like just <laughs> is that true?
0: Yeah. So, uh last what is that 2023, we did spend 200 days in a motorhome all together, three of us. And so <laughs> the motorhome is not a big motorhome. It's
2: <laughs> <feet>. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. So not the biggest of motorhomes <laughs> for sure.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> because wow. we, have to, we have to drive down. And so we live, we don't live in Vancouver. We live on Vancouver Island. So we have to take a ferry. And when we take a ferry with a big motorhome, they measure you by feet. So you have to pay like an extra, like, I don't know how much for every foot. So we want to have like the smaller one because we drive a lot. Like, I don't know how many times we drove to California, but just too many. And so it's easier when you have a smaller RV as well. And it's actually a good size for three people. Um, it drives nicely. So even even I drive it and I wouldn't drive like a big motorhome. So yeah, that's why we have a small motorhome.
2: And it it's Ch- still bigger than most apartments in downtown Vancouver. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> sure, yeah, those
0: those. Oh my god! I was looking at it. Apartments are so expensive in Vancouver and Toronto. Like anyway,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you
2: know what? You're making the financially smart choice on top of it. So
1: <laughs> I guess if you have so much time in a motorhome, who gets in charge of the music on this on these drives? Like, do you listen to a lot of Taylor Swift or like what's what is Nicole <laughs> listening to on these long trips down to California?
0: Oh gosh! I gotta say, first it went. It goes through cycles, I swear, like, sometimes podcasts, sometimes uh, just, yeah, Taylor Swift, honestly, Taylor Swift. Then, so, we always complain that you can't have, like, chill beats or anything because we'd fall asleep, because we drive 24 hours, like, straight, so you can't have someone falling asleep. Usually, like, a beat like, remixes or something. And then my dad, I don't even know why, he started listening to, like, some he came up with like bts like have you heard of the korean like pop band yeah like i was gonna yeah. say a little bit of k-pop yeah. going yeah. On, there on the drive i don't even know why like just one drive like he came up with that and i was like we're not listening to this i can
2: just imagine being like you want to be focused, but not too focused. So you're picking yeah. something that's just going to be in the background, kind of whatever is going on. And sometimes it leads you to a weird place. Like that's just where it goes. Right? We we can yeah. assure
1: we can assure you that our podcast is a is smooth flowing and it's a perfect drive. So if you ever be, <laughs> if you if you have to argue within the truck, just say hey, you know what? F one podcast. You got it for the next twenty four hours.
2: There's perfect. no BTS to be heard anywhere. So You're good on that. <laughs> that's good (laughs) but um that's what you're listening to when you're driving places but um say it's like before a race like you've arrived wherever it is that you're racing for the weekend is it still kind of like the t-swift and the same stuff or do you have kind of like other music and stuff that you play as like a ritual beforehand to get in the zone
0: definitely more like we just kind of tried to find like some really like um I don't know like there's some good ones with like a meaning behind it like I gotta say like M honestly has like a lot of meaning behind his songs like especially like I don't know like what are some good ones? Mockingbird's a good one which is but it's a little like it's a little more sad but like some really good like just upbeat but as well as like a meaning that like go get it and don't like let it kind of sit back and just not do anything so just like a lot of kind of motivational as well. I like those I feel like we use them I think one of what is it one of the old
2: executives at my work used to do that in team meetings and they'd have like the music with like some coach giving like a speech to his team ahead of time and stuff and those were always one of the ones yeah. where I'd leave and I'd be like all right let's go do this
1: let's let's <laughs> run
2: and go so I definitely yeah. feel you on that.
1: I did summer school sorry one year and four minutes before the class they would played Justin Timberlake like four minutes
0: just oh to gosh. kind of like
1: just try to get you to the class It's like 826 and you're just running question back mostly to racing um like i we've been watching some of your videos and your racing technique seems like you're comfortable with the inside move maneuver but like what what do you prefer do you like to go the inside the outside or whatever is like legal in the terms of racing (laughs) but when you're playing formula one 2023 everything's fair right
0: yeah you send it (laughs) for everything <laughs> you can you can go on the ceiling or the sky or whatever I would say I really I had a really good move it didn't capture it on video as well but I had a good move I went on the inside No, no no I think I went what was it I went on the inside and then I went on the outside in the second corner because I couldn't get him on the first corner. So I got him on the second corner. So I would say I like the switch back maneuvers. So a lot of just like playing with it instead of, you know, like you do a lot of classic like kind of passes, just like going on the inside, which is very basic, but like the fun ones, you know, where there's kind of, I just like more like thought to the pass. More than just going on the inside under the brakes and just kind of going for that, kind of more like reading the situation
2: and kind of sticking to like a racing line or something like that.
1: Would you describe your racing as like a smooth operator or
0: a mixture? A mixture of smooth operator and I don't know. It just it depends. It depends how I'm feeling. Like folly is not smooth. It's more just like fight for it. Like because the rear end's always all over the place when you're like doing qualifying like you're just honestly full sending it because you have only a few laps uh but during the race you're kind of more of a smooth operator we dig it you get the best of both worlds on that one (laughs) so you
2: know obviously we've got quality the races um You know you're you're you've been in a couple different series now, and I I think that's one thing people really don't know about racing is that there's so many different even for not just open wheel racing, but so many different avenues that you can go. But if there was something that you really wanted people to know about racing in general that maybe they they wouldn't know if they're just getting into the sport,
0: um, what would it be? Um, (laughs) Well, a lot of people mistaken this, and I always say I'm in Formula Three, but so how racing works is you got like FIA, uh, Formula 1, Formula 2, and then Formula 3. And then you've got the Formula Regionals, which is FIA certified, but it's more of like a regional in that country. So you got like Formula Regional, which is an F3 car in America. Then the FR, like Formula Regional in Asia. Then like kind of most countries have like these Formula Regionals, which is Formula 3. And I kind of would love people to more know more about that because it's like you know they always mistake and they're like what is formula regional like and i'm always like just formula three just go with formula three because it's pretty similar um of course like chassis are all different engines are different too compared to like fif3 but um i just really wish people knew more about that as well as like just kind of the sport in general like a lot of people think it's super easy like um who the heck told me the other day I was like just um I was talking to a person and they were like oh yeah racing's just so easy you just sit in the car and you just drive I'm like come on like this is on the drive to survive documentary and all this kind of stuff you should know that there's like you have to go to the gym you have to go on the simulator and all these kind of things and it's like any sport you have to work out for it you have to get ready for it you don't just sit in a car and drive it's not it's definitely not like that and yeah, it's just people should you know maybe research more, but as well as just realize that I would say I can just imagine
2: myself and what my neck would be doing pulling the G's in some <laughs> of those turns and stuff. I don't think I'd be cut out for it,
0: so. yeah, you know, yeah, it's definitely um a lot of G's and depends like I know like one racetrack, like i my neck would just like fall apart in this one corner. I would just be like holding on for dear life so it's it's definitely a lot of work, and always finding like what muscles you have to work out because they're like certain little muscles. It's not just like your bicep or whatever it's like these little muscles that you have to you have to figure out and work them out
1: so and you probably have to go through so much like not just your basic training just to kind of just for racing, but like do you have like specific? workouts or somebody that like as a trainer that used to work in motorsports that like helps you like navigate this and like also oh, mind you like what about school too? <laughs> Just like this is all kind of tr- going through my head. I was like, what was I doing at 17, 18? <laughs> Definitely not this.
0: Yeah. So speaking of that, I literally a few minutes ago, I came back from my personal trainer. I always go to see him a few times a week. Um and he so he was more into he coached like a lot of acrobatics and stuff and gymnastics and these kind of things as well as like just basically any sport. So he helps me a lot and he's a different personal trainer. He I had another personal trainer before him. They were telling me basically CrossFit stuff and I wasn't really looking to do deadlifts because that kind of destroys your back and stuff. So this guy he he more looks into like he actually he's very good at like I don't want to say inventing but like kind of creating like different like workouts for racing because racing like you can kind of like how do I say you can kind of like do exactly like that racing um kind of structure like with weights so like you can grab like I don't know a 10 pound weight and start steering kind of like the basic things and like he kind of like creates these really good workouts and it's always as well as fun like sometimes like Today, actually, uh, we we bought a gym, like gym equipment for our home because he decided he's going to come here and he can uh, work out at our house gym instead with me. And so we bought a lot of equipment and just trying to figure out like, you know, all this kind of um, to make it fun, not like boring, because I remember I used to do um, another gym kind of thing and It was kind of boring and I was kind of bored of this kind of routine and it was always the same. And so it was just kind of to make it more energetic and stuff. And it's kind of just, it's nice to have someone as well there instead of doing it alone. I have to imagine when it's
2: fun, it makes you want to go to that too. Because there's always like one aspect of a sport I find everyone doesn't love. Like I know for me, it was always watching tapes after. I was like, oh my God, please no, I don't want to do this. Don't make me watch the tape. (laughs) <laughs> but if you can make it fun, it makes you like more keen to go to it. So that's awesome to hear. But, you know, the gym equipment, the trainer, all that stuff, you're on the road a ton. All of this, I have to imagine, comes with a hefty price tag on it at times. What has that been like trying to get, you know, sponsorship kind of grow, like build and and support this career as, as you're kind
0: of taking off here? It has been crazy, honestly. I gotta start by saying um, I have... I don't even know. I think I have five agents just looking full time for sponsors for me. Um, Because we tried last year to do it kind of on our own and just kind of reach out to companies and stuff. But it's kind of, I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's really, you know, it's really hard and time consuming and stuff. And my parents, they own a company. So they decide if they put more time into their company, they can get more money for racing, which my parents do sponsor me a lot well, I guess they, you know, help out with racing and stuff. So, um, they're a big part right now, but we're trying to switch that over to sponsors. So, you know, it's like constant emails. Like, I don't even know how many emails I'm sending just too many. It's kind of, you know, taught me a lot like with money and stuff, because, you know, I'm turning 18 literally tomorrow. So, I was thinking, you know, I should get a credit card open up like to get credit scores and all these kind of things. And it's kind of taught me a lot with money as well as like, you know, um, some people say like, you know, $10,000 is so much money. But then at the end of the day for racing, it's like nothing. Um, 10000 is like, I don't know. Some tires you know a few sets of tires so you know just kind of building from there and it's just kind of crazy with the whole like budgets um, of racing I was talking to one of my friends he's been in racing for so long and he's like when he started racing uh, budgets weren't this high and it's just crazy how much budgets have skyrocketed like teams are just because their team name is this name offering a seat for double the price it used to be it's just it's honestly just crazy and if you don't have the connections you won't really make it in racing so we've kind of learned this a lot like over the year especially this is kind of like last year was kind of like my first year in race cars like the year before that was kind of just testing and getting used to it and like doing a few races but This was like the year just learning a lot and just realizing how racing really works. You know,
1: we talk about, you know, trying to get sponsorships and trying to kind of, you know, build those connections and everything. I guess if we can open this more on a, like a national framework and how do you, what do we need to do to kind of make racing more, not just more competitive, but grow motorsports here in Canada. Like clearly Canada has had success in, in racing in a number of fronts and, you know, we do have an F1 champion who's won Jack Villeneuve in 97 and like you who's growing in the sport too but we need to kind of invest in this like what, what is your pitch?
0: That's hard because you know you got Lance Stroll um, in Formula One. His dad is super wealthy and that's kind of like where it starts like you kind of need the money which is a big part as well as you know for me uh, being Canadian, um, it's kind of sad to be constantly not racing in Canada. Like I'm doing next year, uh, this year, sorry, I'm actually doing one race in Canada. So most sport, we're going to most sport in, I don't know, June or something, which is really cool. They're finally bringing it to, um, Canada. But the thing is we don't have any tracks. Where am I supposed to go to? I can go to Portland. I can go to California. It's right next door. But there should be more tracks, but it's just the weather is ruining it. And then, so I live on this little island um, just off Vancouver. And so we had, what is it? We had three race tracks. Of course, uh, two of them were oval tracks, so speedways. And then one is like a, it's kind of like a member's track. They don't really race on it. And so um, it's kind of, they started closing down tracks. They closed down one um, on the south end, which sucks because they just want to build some apartments, which really sucks. They just oh. keep wanting to close down tracks. People are complaining about tracks because they're so noisy. And like I'm like, come on, you have racers that want to race in Canada and show Canadians and stuff. And then you got people like closing tracks. And it's like, how is that helping? And it's kind of frustrating because I would love to race more in Canada and bring more people from canada to be racers but it's so hard when you have you have of course like a few tracks on the east coast but they're closed like most of the year so i'll
1: give you a chance like do you want to just maybe give more detail of that canadian race and so we can promote it ourselves on our social media make sure we get like a following out to come support you
0: yeah for sure um so it's the i can actually get the date um it's the formula regional race it's at canadian tire motorsport circuit
1: that's in bowmanville um,
0: yeah it's yeah. near us that's so where boots... the GTA. Come on. Oh.
1: that's where the, the boots and that's where boots and hearts used to be.
0: No way. Okay. It is August 29th to September first, so it's like gonna be. Oh, even better. It is supporting the IMSA race. Ooh. So it's gonna be super huge and it's gonna be pretty fun. So there will be a lot of people and hopefully it won't rain because you know <laughs> Toronto. It's <laughs> kind of sketchy there. Toronto,
2: August. <laughs> it never rains here. What are you talking about? I've, I've never seen it. No, I'm kidding. It, it always rains here in August. <laughs> yeah. So, so with that said, it sounds like 2024 is going to be very exciting. Um, uh, in your, where, like, where are you hoping to go from here? Like you're doing these formula regional, the F3 stuff here, but where, where are you hoping that you, you're able to
0: kind of like push the
2: limit and get
0: to for yourself long-term? it really depends because it's kind of like on whatever opportunities come to me like the main goals of course like Formula One Um, but then there's as well as you know there's also IndyCar which is in America and when you can get the funding like it's so much easier in America because there's just so much more money like when you go to Europe it's it's like impossible so it's kind of you know, it really depends. Like, I'd love to go race in Europe. Um, I'm still working on some plans for this year to race in Europe as well as um, in the States. So uh, we'll see how those go. Um, and then just kind of uh, trying to keep going, you know. And because I know, like, I can always fall back. Like, I can go. I got some opportunities to race in GT cars. But I never really want to go there yet because I still don't want to keep going in open mills. So, um, of course I can go to like sports cars and stuff anytime, but it's just to keep going and to not give up. Like, because nowadays I'm kind of seeing like, you know, I don't have time to take a full-time job, so I don't actually go to work. I do part-time work sometimes at my parents' shop. So it's kind of thinking about, you know, the future as well and not getting like sucked into like, oh, I'm not making this much money a month. Like, um, and then as well as like, I still live with my parents and this kind of stuff. and just kind of keep going with it and just of course like I'm not seeing those the big money right away but um I'm hoping like something will come out of it and yeah so we'll see how it
2: goes well, we're pushing for you on that one because it'd be awesome to have not only like more Canadian representation on exactly. the international stage. You know, we're seeing so much investment in like women in motorsport too, with F1 Academy, all that crazy stuff. So I've got my fingers crossed. I want that to happen. That would be so awesome. So. And
1: it's always <laughs> hopefully good. Hopefully, have- the
2: documentary helps too, right? Like, gets the gets the name out.
1: And and it's good that we can have like a local representation too. It's like, oh, she's from Canada, eh? Like you know, let's and she's kicking all the Americans' butts because we've seen some of your stats <laughs> that you've been able to do. It's like definitely Max Verstappen levels with some of those wins.
0: Yeah, thank you. It's um, it's it's really cool being you know from Canada. because You have so many like proud supporters and stuff. Like I went to like a health store the other day, and this lady was like, "Oh my God, is it really you?" Like because they're so like just proud to see like Canadians and you know, us Canadians are very like, I don't know, I want to say supportive in a way. And like, we kind of keep our community really close because I don't know what it is. Like personally, I'm raised in like a small town. So like we kind of keep our people close. So it's kind of nice seeing like, you know, you know, just the support and stuff. So
1: speaking about, uh, canada are we going to see you at the canadian grand prix this summer
0: i hope so uh we're supposed to potentially i don't want to give out anything but potentially the documentary will release at the like at the race so they'll maybe have a campaign or something something cool so maybe i'll be there we'll see i really really hope so
1: so andrew erica and myself we're going to be in the hairpin uh i think erica's second time andrew's first time my third time so we would love for you to come on out and we can maybe you could we we're hoping to do some fan meetups so we would love for you to be part of that as well
0: yeah for sure for sure just let me know I would honestly love to I I'm just I always struggle to find the best seat we used to sit uh once we went to the Grand Prix there and we sat in the chicane you couldn't see much it's just <laughs> a little you know it's just, just not much um, and then the the last year when we went with Mercedes, uh, we sat, which was really nice. We sat in the, what is it, the Mercedes, they had like a hospitality suite for like their customers and guests and stuff. So we sat there, which was really nice. But you also just see like one corner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, no. <yeah. laughs> I had
1: yeah. friends who
2: were by the finish line the other year and they were like, really cool to be here for the celebration at the end don't actually see that much of the action go down
0: from there no you don't see much the best you know i got kind of spoiled from seeing austria so it's just a little hard when you're going to you know montreal as well as you know i'm sure what is it las vegas was the same thing um so but i'm it's all about the show they do the show so well no vegas holy cow that was insane. That looked crazy. I was I was not expecting that.
1: Nobody talks about the problems with Carlos science and the drainage or anything. The fans, <laughs> it's like they just threw that they're like, ah, oh, that's nothing now. Nah. But just throw yeah. some glamour and it's like, oh, okay. All is yeah. forgiven.
2: All is forgiven. <laughs> Before we let you get off to the chaos that is twenty twenty four coming up, we have some rapid fire questions for you. Just silly stuff like food, your hobbies, whatever. Are you ready to kind of just toss out whatever comes your way <laughs> I'm kind of nervous. I don't want to say something wrong. <laughs> there are no wrong answers. No wrong answers here. But okay. we'll kick it off. Um, pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? Uh, potentially. Potentially. Okay. <laughs> um, favorite sport other than racing? Uh, skiing Downhill. Nice. Favorite day of the week? Wednesday. Uh, your favorite pre-race song to listen to?
0: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Wings by Macklemore is pretty good.
2: Oh. Ooh, excellent. I'm a big Solid. Macklemore fan. You hear that? Uh, McMuffin or McGriddle? McMuffin.
1: Okay, follow up. Bacon, <laughs> bacon or sausage McMuffin?
0: Oh, a sausage. Oh like.
1: goodness, you lose.
2: Sorry. This is something we fought over when we were putting this in before.
0: So oh, no, what, what what is it? Is it supposed to be bacon because I'm Canadian?
2: Uh, no. no, we we were a mix. Some people were team bacon, some people were team sausage, and it got a little heated in the comments of our documents. <laughs> Oh, you're no. making you're making us fifty fifty. Cleary was team sausage and Richie and I were team bacon. So Oh no. It depends
0: what I'm feeling though because because
2: bacon's really salty sometimes. I don't know. I feel that sometimes it hits the spot. But <laughs> chocolate or vanilla. Vanilla. Favorite Hogwarts house i don't know i don't really do the whole harry potter thing yeah. who put this one in i was like that, i feel like a lot of people don't know
1: well, well i put that in i just figure with hogwarts legacy lately people are playing the video game i mean yeah well whatever Sorry. um, I, um the, uh, team xbox playstation or nintendo
0: oh i love my pc <laughs> oh she's a real one she's a real one she's team, <laughs> team pc geez <laughs> yeah because the program like for racing simulators is only on pc makes sense like, yeah um favorite f1 driver lewis hamilton or or
2: leclerc for Lux. um lewis <laughs> i'm with you on that one <laughs> i'm with you there uh and favorite track you've raced oh um laguna seca laguna seca nice and um dream vacation spot okay this
0: one's kind of Oh, I don't know.
1: Hit Probably us with like it. Mon- yeah, just go.
0: Monaco. Yeah.
1: Oh, makes that Leclerc. Sick. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> it all gets put together. You know, racing. You can drive there, you know.
1: <laughs>
0: all comes together. And uh, our last one. Your favorite thing about Canada? This um, <laughs> one's so thinking a while. Oh, um, well, I mean, it's more of a West Coast thing. Because, like, the oceans. Like, our oceans are really nice. Ocean is really nice. I love the lakes. The lakes are nice. the The skiing, the skiing too. There are too many. Okay, sorry. The landscape.
2: (laughs) Nice. There you go. You're covering all the bases. There, you got the mountains and the sea, all the stuff.
1: You're doing great, Nicole. Love it. (laughs) Thank you so much, Nicole. It has been a real pleasure having you on the F1 podcast, and I think this is our first real guest interview. So we really appreciate. The time especially being on the west coast and you know we're really excited uh for you for the season what you have g- get after and we're going to be behind you 100 percent. hopefully we can make it down to Bowmanville or up to Bowmanville for us but um, uh, you know just thanks thanks so much and we can't wait for what the season has for you
0: yeah thank you this was so much fun I really hope we can you know meet in um you know most part that'd be so cool or the Montreal Grand Prix that'd be really cool as well. So maybe both. So whichever comes first.
1: And I think thank you to everybody that's listening to uh, the F1 podcast season four, episode one. You can find us on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Threads. I'm just going through the whole list now, and and TikTok. Forgot about that. And we'll have Nicole's handles for her social medias in the comment section below. And thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And we'll see you in the next one.